we get taken through to the, uh, the cubicle and she puts the Doppler on. Mm-hmm. <sighs> and this is where it gets real. Yeah. The thing is, I, I have this story off pat. Well, I was just about to say, and there was no heartbeat. And, and I know that's coming. I knew that was coming yeah. in the car, if I'm honest, mm. on the way in. Mm. Greetings one and all, and welcome along to the Still Parents podcast. My name is Dan Kelly. It is Sunday night, and I'm joined as ever by uh, Ryan Jackson, who's, who's, who has ever, is on his phone. Oh, yeah. Do you know what? I can't even <laughs> argue that I'm looking at the stream because I'm not, because the stream's not working, so me. Yeah, sorry this uh, this one hasn't been streamed because this and the last two episodes, 54 and 55, we actually recorded back-to-back. So uh, if you just finished Laura's episode, Tom was actually sat in the studio with Laura, but we haven't been able to stream any of them because computer says no. Computer says no. Um, <laughs> so we don't know why. This is episode number 55. If anyone would like to come on to the podcast, by I normally say this at the end, but just in case you don't get to the end, then I'm going to say at the start of this time, if, you, if you'd like to come on at any point, we would, uh, we'd love to hear from you. You can get in touch through our website, stillparentspodcast.co.uk. Also, our Instagram, at stillparentspodcast. Our Twitter, which is back, stillparentspod. And if you'd like to come on for a few minutes or for the whole show, if you want to join us uh, on Zoom, if you want to come and uh, sit in this warm, fusty studio with us. This is a bit musty. Now it's, they, not, it's not as bad as Leamington, though. Warm as Leamington. Oh, the, the old warm. studio used to get really, yeah, it was absolutely boiling in there was the best it one we hotter had, than the, the best, sun the best one we had was at uh, that time was when I, I was doing the podcast and all of a sudden Ryan just got up <laughs> in the middle of a show started drying himself I was like what are you doing? yeah you know that thing you get sometimes there's a chap when you can feel a part of your body sticking to another part of your body absolute bat wing yeah, yeah. <laughs> is that what it's called bat bat, I call it bat wing yeah bat wing. Ryan's... but I literally felt like I was sat on a chair of piss yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah what... Ryan stood up and started shaking himself loose yeah, <laughs> our guest today. He on... sat here thinking, "What the f- am I doing here?" Yeah. <laughs> yeah, when was the last time you suffered from Batwing, Tom Hender? <laughs> Don't make a, a note of it. No, every time. No. There's probably an app that you can yeah. download. <laughs> probably an app. Batwing Tally. Yeah, strange start to the show. Tom, welcome, welcome onto the Still Parents podcast. Nice to have you along with us. Do you know Ryan and Matt just through the Lily May Foundation? Uh, yeah, literally yeah. from uh, being my third year. And, yeah. Uh, Matt actually lives just around the corner from me. Oh, really? Out, yeah. Does his toes reach your house from his? <laughs> Luckily not. There's another toe joke. <laughs> and we're tallying him up tonight. You know it's just I mean? because I saw him for the first time a couple of weeks ago. We mentioned this briefly on the last podcast. And I've, honestly, it was amazing. Dan was literally fascinated. He was following me around my own house, just looking at my toes. <laughs> so, uh, Tom, Tom Hender, thank you very much for joining us on the podcast. We would like you now to take as long as you as long as you would like, just to fill us and everyone listening to the podcast about uh, about your story, please. Okay, no worries. So, it's not just a story about me. It's a story about my wife Eva. Yeah, and it's a story about Aubrey. We had had a reasonably standard pregnancy. Nothing wrong. And then I think it was probably the end of April last year. Been out for a beer with the boys. Last time, thinking next time we'll be doing this, we'll be wetting uh, the baby's head. Yeah, yeah. Got home, went to bed about half half three in the morning. Eva wakes me up and her waters are broken. Right, okay. And this is 36 weeks one day. So we're, we're close enough, but it's not like panic, panic, panic. Yeah. Called up triage, got told to go in. Got there about four o'clock in the morning. They put the heart rate monitor on. Yeah. And we're on that for about an hour or so, and it keeps disconnecting. And we got told that it was a 
connection issue. So fast forward about seven o'clock in the morning, they've decided that, yeah, waters are broken, nothing's wrong. They think they've got a reasonable trace in okay. the heartbeat. Yeah. Um, and Eva's going to be admitted, but it's coming up to eight o'clock, it's a shift change. Right. There'll be a delay. Tom, you might as well go home. Okay. Getting got stuff sorted. Eva got uh, admitted, and I got back there about, I suppose, one o'clock, talking to Eva, and the waters have gone. We start talking about what are the risks. Yeah. And we're told that the only risk is essentially infection. But usually you'll go into labour within 24, 48 hours. Yeah. And, and that's that. And if you're not, we'll send you home. Yeah. So we're in there for about 36 hours and there's no signs of labour. Okay. So Eva doesn't, Eva doesn't want to be there. She doesn't want to be in hospital. And at this point, everything there was no because you say 30, it was thirty six weeks one day. Thirty six right? so, weeks one day. So t- at that point, everything like seems pretty. The waters have gone early. Yeah, um, but there's no cause for alarm or not from and not that anyone's telling us. Yeah, okay. Eva's noticing slightly fainter movements. Right, and she's told them that. And every time that happens, you get a heart rate monitor. Okay, and the heart rate monitor says, "Yeah, it's fine." Yeah, but she is feeling fainter movements. And we, we put that down to, oh, there's, there's no water around him, it's a bit different. So we sent home, and the reason we really wanted to get home is we're still at the tail end of COVID, and visitor now is a one till six. Right. Eva didn't want to be in there Forget own. about this. this co- yeah, of course, the amount of stories still going through with COVID, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's crazy. So essentially, what, we, what we've asked the question of, well, what happens to Eva if she goes into labour, but she's not far enough along to go to the delivery suite, Yeah. and it's outside visiting hours? Mm. Well she'll be in here in the ward on her own well and you know she we were prepared for the pregnancy but yeah. she was worried about it was it your um, first pregnancy yeah it's okay. her first pregnancy um, so there's no reference point as to a previous thing that's no, why I'm asking no. that yeah in terms of how she's feeling Eva's got a few mental health issues she had PTSD okay so we weren't really happy with that yeah we were like this isn't happening we don't want to be here we're going home yeah so about four o'clock on the bank holiday Monday, we got home. Sorry, they discharged us. And the notes say, no no concerns with fetal movement. Fine. Yeah. All right, we're going home. We're not going to go into labour here. She's anxious. We'll get home. We'll give her a day's rest. And then we'll try all the natural stuff. You know, we'll yeah. get, she got acupuncture. We'll try Clarisage, all of that. And then on, I think it was probably the Thursday, she had a pregnancy massage. Five o'clock, fine. Baby's still moving. And then I come home from work, wait for that to finish, sitting upstairs doing work, and uh, contractions are starting to get close together. Oh, sorry, I have got to go back, actually. When we were discharged from maternity, uh-huh. we were told, because you've had pre-prom, which is premature... Pre-term... Pre- pre-term premature <laughs> rupture of membranes. Wow, that's so, a lot. Pre, yeah. Pre-prom. Pre-prom, right. pre-prom. So it's, it's essentially the water's breaking before you're at 37 weeks. Yeah, okay. Because you've got... Is that, that common? Is that, does that happen a lot? Is it? At one in 12, I think we were told yeah. the other day. Yeah. That's actually quite common then. Oh, cool. yeah. Relatively, yeah. Relatively common, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, so we do that. But we're told if you want, if, if anything changes, if you see any change in discharge, give us a call. That's fine. So about eight o'clock that night, Eva calls, Tom, do you want to come upstairs? Um, we, we kind of convince ourselves it's the mucus plug. Okay. Uh, which is fine. But we were told anything happens, give us a call. We call up triage. And so Eva explains it. She tells them she thinks it's the mucus plug. They say nothing, you know, your, your, your contractions are quite far apart. Call back if anything changes. And then 
maybe about half ten, bit of a show, bit of a 2p of blood in the toilet. We're told to expect some blood. Contractions are getting closer and closer together, and eventually they're maybe ten minutes apart. And we decide, yeah, we'll ring up and we'll do that and we'll go in. Start driving in. And about ten minutes into the journey, Eva tells me she's bleeding and she can feel it. Right. And I think my first question was, when did you last feel it move? Which she couldn't remember. Which is understandable given that you're concentrating on contractions now mm. and not necessarily movements. Um, but we knew we'd felt it. She knew she'd felt him about five o'clock. Yeah. And there'd been no pain, there'd been no bleeding or anything like that. But she knows she's bleeding now. At which point I started to... <laughs> Put your foot down. Not, not ignore red lights, but... The, the, I didn't even go into the car park. I just took the car to maternity and dumped it out front. Yeah. And it stayed there. We get taken through to the, uh, the cubicle and she puts the Doppler on. Mm-hmm. <sighs> and this is where it gets real. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And this is the reality of how yeah. the loss of a baby affects people. Yeah. yeah. And the trauma of having to relive and retalk and re yeah. go, go back, back through yeah. it. And it doesn't matter how many times you go back through it. Yes, okay, there'll be times where you can go back through it and you don't get a reaction as such. Yeah. But when something's so emotive, yeah, of course. You know, it's uh, completely normal. Yeah. Well, listen, it's to take all the time that you need. And uh, if you want to have a little break at any point, then. The thing is, I, I have this story off Pat, but it's yeah. been so long since I've told mm. it from the beginning. I was yeah, just yeah, about yeah. to ask you when was the last time because you went through I, the whole thing. I had it off Pat, and you're doing it for an. It was, it's an I got it. It's an hour story. Becomes yeah. autopilot, then. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, we've talked about that but already. That, yeah, yeah. Well, I was just about to say, and there was no heartbeat, and and I know that's coming. I knew that was coming yeah. in the car, if I'm honest, mm. on the way in. Mm. But there was no Doppler there, and she tried. I'm down at the feet at this time, and I think I pushed her out the way and went up to the top. They go off to get a scan machine. Yeah. And they scan you out, yeah, and there's no movement. And, all right, that's fine. A few more people come through. We'll get you into room three. They're very, very caring at that yeah. point. And then you get a bit of a briefing from the actual delivery suite midwife. And they say, right, another doctor's got to come and do another scan just to con- confirm what we think is the case. And they were very nice. I've, I've got to say, and I don't think this is a surprise to anyone around the table, I have some issues with what's happened between breaking of water and this point okay from this point on on the delivery suite you couldn't have asked for more right you really couldn't and you know what Tom I have to say that like so we were at City we didn't have any of the build that you've had but yeah I, I must say the care afterwards was absolutely bang, bang on the money they were very very good the midwives on the delivery suite they couldn't have been more compassionate nothing was too much trouble in that time and you find yourself being thankful for that. Well, what, why should I be thankful for that? But you yeah. are. You are. You are. Yeah. So they come in, they confirm there's a, that there's no movement, there's no heartbeat. And then, yeah, we'll have, to, we'll have to see what happens next, essentially. So see how things develop. And our mind, you're not thinking about that. You're thinking about, right, what do I deal with now? Mm. So we went into, right, we both went into, let's, let's get him out mode. And I'm thinking particularly of Eva because I can see her starting to shut down. Okay. What was that feeling like when you saw that? Management, just manage it. She didn't shut down totally. We're crying, we're talking. Okay. What do we do now? And that's fine. And we get told, well, to have any discussions about options, you'll have to wait until doctor's rounds, which we didn't know when it'd be. And whether that is a deliberate tactic to stop you jumping to, I want a C-section, or whether it's actually what happens next turned out to actually be quite a reasonable thing because by 
three, four, five o'clock in the morning, she'd started, she'd started labour. Right, okay. So... Maybe, maybe, maybe it is then. Yeah, knowing that he's dead, that's fine, but she'd started labour, her body had started. Yeah. Whether she'd started it anyway, which we think probably happened at eight o'clock, she started labour. I think jumping back, when you're put in the situation of, like you were saying there, immediate thing is, because I remember saying it myself, C-section, just get the baby out. Absolutely. Or get him, get her out, if, if you know exactly what that is. But ultimately, you're in a fight, flight, freeze or fawn situation. Simple as that. Because you are put into a position, you don't know what, well, you've never experienced it yeah. before, firstly. It's a position of things where you have no idea on how things should be dealt with the correct processes yeah. that you should be going through at that time because you again at that time you're only trusting the medical people there and all of the prep you've done for giving birth yeah goes MCT, out the window birth, still birth is not mentioned no you right. are not expecting this to happen mm. you're expecting a bit of trauma you know there's all this thing about trauma you have the right to ask for this no one tells you that one in what 280 however many it is no one tells you that you still might not be coming home with a baby. Mm. And I appreciate that that's not to scare the people who are going through this course, the great majority of whom it'll never happen to, if there'd been a little bit of signposting. Well, you're right. As we've said before, it's the, it's the awareness. It's not putting it in people's Five faces, but it's education. It's an, it's an awareness of it. Do you know what I link it to, what, what I associate with, is we have a media in this country and we have a, there's a presence within the media in this country where we see adverts routinely on daytime TV that one in two people in this country at some point during their life is going to get cancer. One in two, one in, two, one in two, three, yeah. whatever that may be. And I reckon in nearly every single yeah. programme you watch, there is something yeah, yeah. within there about one in two, one in three, whatever that what may be, this, yeah. he's going he's gonna, to get cancer within their lifetime. And then you think about, okay, there's obviously different different types of cancers, the different treatments, yeah. there's different, you know, how aggressive it is or how non-aggressive yeah, yeah. it is, things like that. So we, we all know that at some point, somebody we know <laughs> is going to have cancer, is going to experience something like that. That awareness is out there, the though. awareness is there. Because ultimately, every lost child at some point in the future is a loss to the economy. Isn't it? Yeah, yeah. When you yeah, look at it, yeah, it, it absolutely. bluntly, that's pretty crude to look at it like that. But ultimately, you would think it's within the interests of Joe Public yeah. to make people aware there is so much that can happen during pregnancy and there's so much that can go wrong at the same time. It's not necessarily just cancer. It could be Alzheimer's, it could yeah. be dementia, yeah. it could be, you know, Parkinson's, whatever you know, horrible diseases, motor neuron disease, yeah. when you look at the... Um, to have the same the, level as awareness. To have the same as, level of, yeah. of, of awareness. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And where it doesn't sit right with me is we expect to lose grandparents, we expect to lose parents, potentially brothers, sisters, dependent upon ages. We expect it to run in that order of life, and that's exactly how we expect it. And then when you hear all these adverts, nine times out of ten... These diseases affect people who are older. Yeah. And it's advertising that these things are out there, but we've got memories that we can live with, that yes, we've got these cruel diseases, but ultimately we've got these memories. Yeah, This 
is a totally well, different Well, it's because it's suggesting bag. that it's easier to mentally prepare for because it's at yeah. the natural end as opposed to just having the, the carpet ripped from underneath you, yeah, isn't it? absolutely. So, yeah. And I think it's because, I, I do genuinely think it's because they're scared to scare people. Yeah. <laughs> I was listening to all the old podcasts. Okay. Into work, out from work. You were my soundtrack. So the ones where we had no microphones? Yeah, elephant in the room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So, to be honest, I probably knew you a little bit before I even came in. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> but it was fine. Well, that's what the podcast is yeah. for. It's, it's, even if you don't want to speak, there'll be people who listen to every episode who maybe never want to come on. Look, I'm a radio presenter. I listen to other radio stations. Never once have I ever gone, I'm going to call them. Yeah. Never. I'll listen. Yeah. Because you know you never win the fucking competition. I, I, I know how they work, mate. Trust me, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Like, it cost you to enter as well. Exactly. But it was just, just there were so many points that resonated through the early podcasts. And it was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is but that a strange comfort? Because it's... Yeah, it, it's like, yeah, I'm not an idiot. I'm not mad for feeling this. I'm not a dick for feeling hard done by. The fact that I'd listened to, what, 30-odd podcasts by the time I got in here. That's more than Matt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, though. Absolutely right. But, I mean, I, I say that as a joke, but also, like, because no, right. Matt didn't listen for, like, that first year, and I think you do things in your own pace. Yeah, and it's, it's, been, it's been something that nothing else has managed to do. Right. Even if it's just a sounding board, it's somewhere that validates your feelings, tells you, and can push you in the right direction if you needed. I'm always very quick when I speak to my clients, one of the first things I always say to him, I don't know if Matt does this with his clients, is that I can't fix you. But what I can do is I can validate absolutely everything that you're feeling and everything that you're telling me is completely and utterly non-judgmental. I think that kind of honesty is what you need as well because you can't, otherwise you're setting you, them realistic. You, you, but you can't sugarcoat it, can you? you no, can't. you can't. You, yeah. you, you know, I can't, can't fix people. If I could fix people, I'd be a, I'd be a very, very rich man. Ultimately, I don't think people come to be fixed. Yeah. Because I think people know themselves that they can't be fixed. But I think like Thomas said there, yeah, yeah. people come because they know that they're speaking with people who have experienced, obviously not exactly the same situation, but a similar situation of some sort where it's resulted in them losing well, their Well, it's, it's all about that nuance, isn't it? Yeah. With, with each family and, and yeah, not to be fixed, but to be to be heard, to, to be, be listened heard. to, to, yeah. to be in that environment, to have that relatability. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I, I also want to ask you two as well, like the, the word confidence. I found when we lost Callie that I lost confidence in other parts of my life as well because I felt... You feel well. You feel that way. It's that failure word, isn't it? That comes out. You feel like there's there's so many feelings that come into you. But it took me a while to get that back because I was like, I failed, Cali. That's how I felt. Mm. And then and then, but it knocks confidence in all other parts of your life. Like all of a sudden, your work starts suffering because you start second guessing yourself and things like that. So I just wondered how you like felt over that. Really, well, you might not have experienced it, but like I. It, I wouldn't say confidence loss. There was certainly a lack of interest in other things. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, I, I did go back into the office after two weeks. And Fair I've enough. carried on working since then. I had a, a did, you, did you feel present there, though? Was it like you, you were doing it as a distraction or you were going through the I, motions? I had to be there because I was rattling around at home. We'd sorted the funeral. Yeah. We'd sorted the register in the birth and the stillbirth, which is another story. Mm. And I was rattling around and I was doing Eva's heading. And I needed to be there. I need to be doing something. Yeah, no. So the best thing for me was to just go back and do something. 
How were you received? How were your colleagues? All right. They were good. They were very compassionate. Yeah. Was it big? Lots of people? Small? It was very small at the time. Right, okay. There was only three people in there. Okay. And But you had compassion, which is good. Yeah, it was great. So. And, it, and it was there. And it was, I just didn't know what to say, which is the right thing to say. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, such a... Yeah. I felt like a failure. Yeah, I felt like a failure. And even now, I still sometimes feel like a failure. Um, even and, and this is where people... They come, and, they come and speak to us, obviously, on a daily basis, and we see X amount of clients and what have you, and we are this sounding board. And quite often I, I do have clients who say to me, well, where do you go? <laughs> yeah. I, go to, like, I, I go to Ryan. And, <laughs> yeah. Well, it's true, though. And, yeah, and, and, yeah. No, it is true, but yeah, yeah. I, I think... I mean, Tom said something to us before we've obviously started re recording this podcast, and he said to us, it's amazing how quickly you can go from dicking around to bang professional... We've done it for so long. We are just able to be able to switch and stuff like that. And ultimately, that's what happens with this, yeah. is that, yes, I can see Game clients. face. It yeah. is. It's a game face. Yeah. You, you, it is. you said the other day, right, you, I think you put it perfectly. You said we take on those feelings. We pick them up after and we just shove them out. Not shove them out the window in a bad way, but we put we have, we have to. We have to put them out the window. To. because. Do you know what? Pep Guardiola said something. I'll always remember watching that All or Nothing um, oh, on Prime. documentary oh, yeah, yeah. on Prime. He's nuts. Now I'm not oh, being he's different. He's a he's a he's, he's a nuts. he's nuts. Yeah. I'm not going to get into Guardiola because I'm bitter that they've won the Champions League. If I'm completely honest with you, because how you can win yeah. that with 115 <laughs> financial fair play breaches on the case. But anyway, that's another story. I don't, I don't, story. I don't even want to talk about football. football but do you know what he said? Something in on oh, sorry on that program where he said, even if we're losing a game or um, I don't know what to do. I have to convince the players oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. that I know what to do. It's acting to yeah. a point. You have to try. Well, he's the leader, isn't he? Yeah. Like yeah, that, yeah. You know. now, he, he, and he openly admitted there's times where he just genuinely didn't know how to win a game. Yeah. But he had to convince the players yeah. that what he was saying was the right thing. And he's also got to put it in a way which makes them believe that yes. he's not just talking. Absolutely. Shit. Lots of managers say that. They, they say, don't they? Like yeah. the, players, the players go out 10 feet tall, but I'm like, I've just talked an yeah. absolute load of balance it's for the same, about 15 minutes. Do you know what? Sometimes like, you know? it's the same in teaching. Yeah, I, yeah, I've taught things where I'm 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 teaching it and I'm thinking oh, I ain't got <laughs> yeah. a fucking clue what I'm teaching here. Yeah, yeah. But the kids are all eating off <clears throat> yeah, out of the yeah, palms yeah. of my hand. Yeah, it's true. We now all I'm, sometimes have to just make things up, like not do, just try and make it believable. Yeah. Yeah. Now I'm not saying. Yeah. Tom, I've got Tom. I'm thinking Tom's looking at me, yeah. thinking you bastard, you've just lied for out. Yeah. Yeah. But, but what I'm trying to say is that yes, no, we sense. take a lot on, yeah. and we do listen yeah. to an awful lot. Yeah. And we do have to park things because if we don't, well, we'd just go stir crazy. I don't think people we? would believe you if you if you said it a different way. No, I exactly. Think you'd, that's, yeah. It'd be too much, wouldn't it? Of course it would, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And do you know what? In the early days, yeah, you'd probably go out and get pissed up on a night out or something and you just let your hair down and stuff like that. But ultimately now, we're at, the, we're at a level where we're able to yeah. distinguish what is professional and what is... Um, yeah, absolutely. You know, what is our, our normal daily routine. And... You know, people like Tom, you know, I'm not going to sit here and, and, and say what we spoke about because it's confidential. But what I will say is that this this lad here has has shown so much dignity and so much courage in what he's had to face. Right. As has every other client that I've, that I've spoken with as well. Everybody's story's got its, you know, it pulls on the heartstrings for everybody. But... Out of everybody that I have spoken to, like I say, Tom's 
story does stick with me because when I, I I know a lot more than obviously what we've spoken about already. Yeah. And that's why I say the dignity that he's dealt with it and the the courage and just the just the ability to be able to get up in the morning and know that it's going to be a tough day. Yeah. But then ultimately be able to keep going. He, he you know, he's, he's credit to him. Yeah, well said. Yeah. yeah well said. Tom, how would you describe, if you can, any fundamental changes in yourself from before you lost to now? Not only for yourself, but the dynamic with you and your, uh, Eva, isn't it? You're the half. I mean, yeah, we, we've definitely changed between us and we deal with that. It's not bad. It's just different. Yeah. A large part in me is that I had a very positive outlook. Not, I've heard Ryan talk about it in terms of karma. It's not karma, but... Glass half full. It'll be all right. It'll work out. People are generally looking to do the right thing. Yeah. Yeah, that's gone. Oh, completely. Oh, yeah. Interesting. Straight away. And it's not just... Because I haven't... So from glass half full to glass half empty. Well, we haven't finished where we've been yet, but but from the subsequent process... Right, okay. Constantly being beaten down. Yeah. So... Well, it's understandable. I think... To cut it short, obviously, we've found the reasons. We understand some of the reasons. But we do. We've got a post-mortem. We've had a complaint. We've been through various meetings, PMRT meetings, which Matt was good enough to go to with us. And at every stage, I pretty much felt like, you haven't read the story, you haven't read my notes. You think people will... You think, oh, yeah, people will do the right thing. People will be prepared for this. They're not. I went to register the birth and got put in a queue with newborn babies. Oh. And it's... It's mad, that is. It's li- yeah, li- that. little, but you shouldn't be. That oh, was yeah. a mistake. Mm-hmm. But the biggest thing for me when I suggested coming on the podcast to Matt was getting people who aren't familiar with it, because it is taboo, yeah. that the smallest action that you can take can make such a difference to someone's life. So, for instance, I went to the register office... And that happened. It was a temp on the desk, sent me into the queue, took me five minutes to say, I'm not doing this, and went go up to the other receptionist. Mm. And they were very apologetic, and the bloke rang me up and said, this should never have happened. Fine. Okay. At the same time, Eva was due for jury service. She'd been due for jury service near the birth. We delayed it a year because she'd been a nursing mother. And then it came up, the summons came up, and it was near the anniversary. We rang them up, we explained it. It took seconds to say, don't worry about it, she hasn't got to come at all. Yeah. There's such a difference between how different Mm. departments, areas, people deal with it. There's no benchmark at all. There there seems to be no guidance out there. And I'm sure there's not, because why would you? Because we don't talk about it. Yeah. But fundamental things like that, erode your belief, your faith in people. Yeah. It comes down to the person you're dealing with and the systems behind that don't have anything in place in any organisation to manage it. And it's such a... You get a good person on a good day or you get a good person who whose heart is in it, they'll do anything for you. Mm. You get someone who's having a bad day, don't even bother. There's a number of factors, isn't it? Exactly what you said, how that's mixed in with the particular company culture of where they're at. 
and the thing is, that reaction from the jury service ends up being the thing that sets you off mm. because you're grateful for it and you're not expecting it and you get yeah. treated with a bit of kindness or what shouldn't be kindness, what should just be common sense and that sets you off. Just constantly fighting yeah. down the line. It just erodes your, your faith in people. But it's I also true. think we become naive so when we do get something good like that, like you were saying about the jury service and you, and and they've dealt with it, bang, you're really happy, you automatically think, oh, everyone's going to be like that. Yeah. And then when you get bang, smashed down, you're like, oh, okay. Here we not, are again. Here yeah. we are again. We're back down. Yeah, absolutely. It's exhausting. It, 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 it is. Because, again, we haven't talked about this yet, but we are pregnant again. We, Eva, is pregnant again. We're 23 weeks. But we are overthinking every decision. Mm-hmm. And not just our decisions. What are they going to do? What are they going to say? What have we got to say to make them do this? To give us what we want. And well, it, it's mentally exhausting. Well, first of all, congratulations. Thank you. Um, I'm assuming uh, the, every, everyone knows what yeah, we'll every, do now. Everyone on, on knows. The back yeah. of this. I'm, I'm not sure about it on social media, so... Yeah. It's, oh, okay. We, we, the, listening to the last podcast, yeah. talking about 12 weeks. Yeah. Sod that. As soon as we knew. Oh, really? Because so just previous on the last podcast, just with the whole, um, I guess, the stereotype of the 12 weeks is the most dangerous part and, and, and often encouraged not to say anything. So you just, you just went well, for it. I don't think we'd been particularly quiet about it with Aubrey. Okay. But we were prepared to have a life with him. We got till 36 weeks. Yeah. Well, we're not expecting it, really. Although in the back of your mind, it's always there. Yeah. But if that's all we've got, let's have every moment of it. Well, it, mm. Yeah. Absolutely right. So you still have got plenty of that positivity left in you. Look at you. No, no, no. I don't I'm not I'm I don't think I want to be a negative person. It's my faith in how people will react to it. Yeah. yeah. If that makes sense. No, absolutely. I absolutely there's positivity. We we're, we're so looking forward to her arriving. Yeah. And yeah, we don't want to do her not do her down. Take anything away no, from mean. her because yeah. she's had a brother that died. Yeah, yeah. She deserves that full life. Well, listen, as, we, as we've said um, as recently as, la- as last week, you just, and with any guest, you, you need to do what feels right in your dynamic between you and your partner. And it does, it's of no concern. It's also else. very difficult to, I mean, you, we said it when we were talking before, it, it's very difficult to have that fine fuck you attitude when you're not that sort of person or have never been that sort it's, of person. It's there, it's part of your soul. You have to learn to to do that. Yeah. To be the, you know, give a shit about what so-and-so yeah, yeah. so said. And if you're somebody that's not like that naturally, it's difficult to then be able to just switch and be yeah. that person. Oh, it could take years, isn't it? It's just yeah, every fibre of your fabric, every interaction yeah. you've had, every every relationship you've absolutely. had. Absolutely. Yeah. I yeah. wish I wish sometimes that I was more like my football side and manager side because that side just does <laughs> not... I don't care what anyone you'd thinks. Be a dangerous, side. You'd be a dangerous I man. I don't care that... But there's two so, there's two there's two per, people in there. Yeah, when yeah. I, when, I, when I go football or when I used to coach, manage, I wouldn't bother if a player had done something wrong or if I felt like I would tell them right yeah, because yeah. that's my job but in my personal life I find it quite difficult but then Callie brought perspective <coughs> to my life and I felt like she, she over the years but again it's taken me a it's, while and, it's I, interesting, and, I'm still, and I'm still not completely there <laughs> I, I ain't I ain't because I don't always speak my mind but as I should it's interesting but, you know. that whole thing because you that same conversation but in that different environment it's almost like that's when you came a lot you know you're in that 
the, the football environment, the manager environment, and to say that the thing that you wouldn't have done to a friend if it wasn't in that environment, because maybe that's where you're at your most confident. I, the reason why I've, I pick you up on this is because often oh, I've spent most of my career in front of a microphone. I know I've got, I'm at my most confident when the mic's up. When mm. it's down, not that you're a different person, no, but, it's, but yeah. it's, it's dialed down and I wouldn't say a certain thing and, or I would question it. Yeah, and it's interesting because I knew, I, I'd just taken a new manager's job when we lost Cali, like a month before. we um, I took a job before and then Cali came along a month later. And the time I knew I had to finish was my dad my old man was the one who pulled me because he said there was a, a game where we were playing and, and one of their one of their boys got one of my lads sent off by diving and jumping in the air. Normally, I'd have been down the touchline kicking everything and arguing with everything in front of me <laughs> and like telling the ref this, that and the other. But I just stood there with my arms folded because yeah. I, I wasn't there. Yeah, yeah. And, and then okay, my, yeah. my dad pulled me a couple of days later and said, you ain't here, are you? I said, what do you mean? He said, no, I'm all right. And he said, no, you're not. He said, because you'd have been... You know it straight away. You'd have been sent off yourself. Because he knew, yeah. you know, so... And that's what you mean. Your perspective changes, doesn't it, right? Absolutely. It changes on how you do things, how you feel. And I'm sure that's what's happened a little bit with yourself as well. And I'm sure in my day-to-day -day life, people don't notice it. Mm. But it is, in the perception, in the thinking behind it, it's I'm a different person. Yeah. I'm a completely different person. Mm. How about people that, you know, your close friends... There have been people who haven't particularly talked as much. And then there's been people who you wouldn't have expected who've just come yeah. into your lives. We knew our neighbours. We now have a very close relationship with our neighbours because they were there when we, you know. It's mad how the, the people you just don't expect come into your life yeah. In, in, a, yeah, in a moment like They that. were there when, when we got back. I effectively dumped, not dumped Eva at home, but she needed sleep. I put her at home. I went around and talked for a couple of hours to my neighbours. Yeah. And they were so welcoming and they're there for us family who we haven't seen for a while who've come back into our lives I think it just changes relationships a little bit it's weird isn't it how sometimes it's something like this needs to happen in order for yeah. like as you said come back into your life yeah. yeah and it's not that we'd been we hadn't fell out no it's just, just life we didn't live that close and we didn't speak to him as much and now we will yeah. we'll text him and things like that that's and just part of life isn't it yeah it's it, 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 I'm not saying it's took that but it's 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 been a catalyst for that. Okay. Yeah. It's yeah, just, okay. So the people you speak to have changed. I haven't fell out with anyone. No one said anything terrible to us. Few people haven't been as interested as we would have hoped there would have been, but that's going to happen with every decision in your life. Yeah. And people find, people have got their own lives. Yeah, very true. People have got their own life. What One thing, I always think, people are always talking about their kids. I can't talk about my kid. Do you, do you sense the... They're reluctant to if they if they're around you, bearing in mind what's happened because we've spoke about this before, haven't we? Just to, I, it's tan, it's like a tangible atmosphere, isn't it? I heard I heard the, the chap from America, the editor, the other week. Don't yeah. worry about speaking to me about him. I'm always upset. Oh, David Kashavarov, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I am always. He's always there. I'm yeah. always. You telling me something isn't going to upset me. Mm. And yeah, yeah, I might talk yeah, about yeah. I might talk about him and cry. Yeah. That's not a bad thing. Yeah, yeah. Don't worry about that. Um, people don't no, people don't bring it up out of course. They don't. But at the same time, there is there's this acknowledgement from me, yes, he's a real person, he deserves to be talked about. But there's not ongoing new events as there is with everyone else's kids. And he'll never have that opportunity. He was never alive outside the womb. So there is yes, he's a real person, he deserves to be talked about. Absolutely. 
and we'll, we use his name, we put him on Christmas cards. But there are not new events every day. He hasn't gone and played football. He hasn't gone and fallen over and hurt his knee. Oh, you'll never guess what so-and-so did last night. So I don't, I don't resent those conversations, yeah. but I'm never going to be able to have them. So, Tom, thank you. I know that was difficult. But well done. Yeah. Again, as we, we, we have a different version of this on every episode. I would say I enjoy hearing what you had to say, but I did in a way that I can't really describe, if that makes sense. It's just, yeah, they're part of that story and, and seeing where you're at with things now. Congratulations uh, on the pregnancy too. And that's it, gentlemen. We'll be back very, very soon. In fact, I think we are back next week anyway. I'm on, I'm on stream because I'm on holiday that day. Oh, you might not be at this rate. You might not be. Yeah. No, it yeah. might just be you two, yeah. Yeah, depending. All right. Okay, yeah. well, listen, uh, if you'd like to get in touch, uh, please do so through the website, through our Instagram, stillparentspodcast.co.uk. And we will be back very, very soon. And also, Lily May Foundation, of course, you can get uh, there. I think you've got a new website, haven't you? Bit of a touch up. There you go. So, lilymayfoundation.org. That's correct. Thank you very much, gents. Cheers, Tom. Take care, everybody. This has been the Still Parents Podcast, and we will be back very, very soon. Bye-bye, guys. Bye.